And there I was left holding about a two or two and a half foot snake skin. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to the Wild Spectacle Podcast, a limited series where we talk about magnificent experiences we've had on this amazing earth. I am your host, Janice Ray. Here I speak with people who, in nature, happen to experience something, a phenomenon or an event, large or small, that shocks them that infuses them with mystery or amazement or even fear, an encounter that shifts the way they see the world and themselves in it. For this episode, I'm speaking with Susan Usha Dermond. Susan is a teacher who began her career in public high school English classes, For many years, she taught in the Education for Life system. She taught a variety of grades, including fourth through ninth, at the first Living Wisdom School at Ananda Village. She's the author of a handbook, Calm and Compassionate Children. She lives in the Sierra foothills of Northern California in an intentional community based on yoga and meditation. Her favorite activities are gardening, reading, and watching Tufted Titmice. Thank you for being here, Susan. Thank you for having me, Janice. So first, I ask every guest in the series a question that's meant to place you on a fun chart. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how wild are you? (laughs) I laughed at that question. Would you define wild, please? Yeah, I'm going to let you define it however you want. There are lots of (laughs) definitions, aren't there? There are. I was thinking of wild, like, just go backpacking into the wilderness and with a few nuts. I'm not that kind of wild. But I have lived a very alternative lifestyle, living in a yoga community and alternative education. So, And I like to be a rebel, so I guess I'd say about a seven. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Wild mind. Susan, I invited you here to tell a story of a wild, maybe even the wildest experience you've had in nature. So if you would set the stage, where were you and tell us what happened? Yes, I lived in Portland, Oregon at the time. And I lived in a an apartment complex that had sort of been turned into condominiums. So you can imagine it was a lot of separate little buildings around a center quad where a pool was. And once it was turned into condominiums and we had more control over it, we planted fruit trees and blueberry bushes. And so it wasn't your typical apartment complex where you just have expanses of grass. In other words, it was more various in, and in, in plant life, and therefore, it attracted more animal life. Yes, that's where I was. That's great. So, yeah, just keep going. There were these fruit trees. Okay, so then what happened? I was walking. It was, I don't re- really remember what season it was, but I'm sure the leaves were on the trees. And I was in between a building and a swimming pool, and there was an apple tree to my left. And I noticed out of the corner of my eye, a little movement 
right at the foot of the fence that was around the pool under a climbing rose that we had there. And I stopped, I froze because I knew it was some sort of wildlife. And I looked and finally my eyes discerned that there was a snake lying there and he was still and I was still. And I just started talking to it. I was maybe 12, 15 feet away from it. I very slowly took a step toward it. It didn't move. And I noticed then that it looked kind of odd because the front, uh, maybe quarter or even maybe just an eighth of its body was a, sh a nice shiny sort of a, it was looked like a garter snake, but it looked like it had crawled through some ashes. It looked like it had ashes on its body. I couldn't, I thought something, it was something, what happened to the snake? And so I kept getting closer and it never moved. Finally, I realized it was shedding. Most of its body still had the skin on it. Only its little, its head and just maybe a couple more inches had come off. And I leaned down. It let me get, I couldn't believe it. And I said, well, do you need some help? <laughs> then I reached down and believe it or not, I was able to take hold of the end of the skin and very slowly start to slide it back over the body. And then the snake started to very slowly move forward, not rush off like it was scared or wanted to get away from me, just very slowly. And as it did, I just held onto the skin. It crawled right out of it. And there I was left holding about a two or two and a half foot snake skin. I was amazed. I was in awe. Nothing existed at that moment for me except the snake and me. I felt like I was in a state of grace and I was one with everything, the apple tree, the snake, the skin. It was a precious moment. I don't know that I'd call it wild, but it was, it was the wildest thing that's, yeah, it was pretty wild. It's the wildest encounter I've had in nature, I guess. And I kept that snake forever and I've moved a couple of times. I mean, that snake skin, if I said snake, I meant skin, of course. And it keeps breaking, but I still have a piece of it. It's it's a treasure. That's a beautiful story. Did you ever figure out what kind of snake it was by chance? It was a garter snake, yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. After that, what changed for you? Like, how did you see life differently? I already knew or believed, maybe that's what I should say, that there were people who had such a vibration of peace they could be around wild animals and the animals weren't had no fear i didn't know i could do that <laughs> and i still don't know that it was anything i did or felt but i was extremely reverent at the moment when this was happening and i just felt a contentment and a beauty and a gratitude when you started the program you said something about this wonderful earth and that might not be the adjective you use but use the word earth I'd already thought that intellectually but it brought it home into my heart very deeply in general in your life what kind of experiences or amazements happen more regularly for you you mentioned the tufted titmice so that may be but if you'll just speak a minute, what regularly amazes you about nature? Well, as I said, as you said, I do live in the 
Sierra foothills now, and it's very rural. As far as the tufted tip mice, I put a few sunflower seeds on the railing on my deck every morning. The reason I don't have a feeder out there is if I leave a feeder out there, then the acorn woodpeckers and the blue jays come and eat it all, and the small birds don't get any. But when I just put a few out, that seems to work best, and it's almost like they're tame now. <laughs> so this morning, I could hear them. You know, I, I was in my uh, living room, and it was quiet, and then suddenly I heard two of them, and they were in the tree right by my deck. So I went out and put some seeds, and they waited till I went inside, and they were right down there to take them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just one of my favorite birds. But another thing that I witnessed, which was absolutely amazing, was one day I saw a coyote running through my yard, and I knew there were coyotes who lived very close by down the hill in the woods because we could hear them making noise. And it was like running for its life. I saw it out the side window. Then I realized a deer was chasing it. I was so amazed. And then I ran to the back window and the coyote stopped and turned and looked at the, turned around, looked at the deer. The deer had stopped too. It wasn't going to continue, but this was a female deer and she was kind of snorting. I realized it was a time of year when the fawns are around. And I realized that he probably made a play for her, her fawn. And that's why she was chasing it. But to see it running in fear from a deer, that was pretty amazing. It definitely brings a smile to your face, doesn't it? It does. It turns the tables. I started this podcast. It's about us deeply appreciating the complexity and beauty of life around us, especially in a time when we're losing so much of it. I believe it would behoove all us humans to be more creatures of the earth rather than less. And a lot of people use the term rewilding ourselves. My last question to you is, what advice would you give to someone who wants to live more closely to the earth, more in tune? How might a person better connect with nature, especially their own place? I'm a big reader, and so if you're people who aren't big readers, this wouldn't perhaps works. But I, I think reading the works of people of nature, writers like you and others, really awakens that desire and that understanding of how to observe. But also on a pra- very, very practical level, I thought about this, and I realized that if if I'd been living when the snake incident happened, if I'd been living in a typical condominium or apartment complex with just lawn and nothing else, it probably could not have happened. It was because we had, you know, planted blueberries and fruit trees and rose bushes and lots of cover for wildlife. There was still lawn, but that was at the edges of all the lawns. And I think, you know, really giving thought to those who are lucky enough to have a home with acreage or even a tiny yard or even a deck just to to have living, growing things other than grass expanse so that the wildlife has a place, an environment, and then observing it will come. I even had at that same apartment complex, I even had a duck who laid eggs in right, in the, at, uh, right behind my apartment. And I was actually away 
in South Carolina visiting family when they hatched, but that was pretty special too. I bet. Wow. I just, I love your suggestions. I mean, nobody has said so far this idea of, of reading. And I think you're, you, I know you're exactly right. And, and this idea of creating space and cover for wildlife, that's, that's, oh, it's just so important and so true. So thank you so much, Susan, for coming on the the podcast to talk to me. And thank you for telling that lovely story of the snake. Thank you so much for having me. I, I am just so in tune and so such a fan of you and your life's mission. So thank you for what you're giving to the earth and the world. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing here, give this show a thumbs up and forward it to a friend. Thanks to Axel Tree for their beautiful music, Clothe the Fields with Plenty. We're eager for new voices on the show, so if you'd like to tell a story, please be in touch. Don't forget to get out in nature and take a friend, especially a child. Go see a wild phenomenon. Amaze yourself. Connect yourself. I hope you have a wondrous, wildly spectacular day.